0: Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Boutosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God.
1: Okay, praise God. If I could sing, I would have kept on, but I can't carry it. I can only do a joyful noise unto the Lord. So, you know, I just enjoy the praise and worship. Okay, well, pastor is not here tonight in... And- the honor and privilege of allowing me to come and share with you. So, you know, God works. Uh, and, well, before I say that, I was thinking, what can I share today? You know, uh, out there, I have a hard time in the beginning. And I was talking to my son-in-law over there, Chase. And, you know, he did a fabulous, for those of you that are husbands, a fabulous birthday for his wife. It was a lot of work for the rest of us. But it was a fabulous gift for his wife, you know. He wanted to, she loves Christmas, so he wanted to have a Christmas in July for her. So what opens Christmas? What comes before? Thanksgiving. So who had to cook the Thanksgiving meal? Yours truly. But we did have a great time. I guess that's why I'm just extra thankful today. I'm still thinking on the Thanksgiving meal So I was blessed we had all the I had all my kids there except one grandkids so it was just amazing but um, he wanted me to share something and include his name so I love you it's called payback okay you know God uh, kind of speaks to me differently sometimes. I'm that kid that is always, I don't know what God is saying. And when they say, go share something, I don't know. I can't hear. I don't know. It's so many ideas. I start here, end over there. So they, I told pastor, you know, let me wait till tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow I tell you if I can or I can't. You know, knowing very well that when God says you do, you do. But uh, so on the next morning I woke up and God gave me one word that was simple enough for me. He didn't have to give me a lot of elaborated things. So we're going to look at one word today. So I'm going to look at the word, word, the word of God. But like I said, God is real simple the way he talks to me. So it will be kind of a freshen up for some of you. For others, it'll be like, hmm. For some, it'll be like me, ouch, sometimes. But we we'll all be here together. We're brothers. We can bear one another's burdens. So. God told, gave me the word, word, and then he break it down. The W gave me for something, the O, the R, and the D. They all are ways in which we show value for the word of God. Well, I'm a math teacher, but I'm not going to start with number one, the W. I'm going to start with number two, the O. Okay? So the O uh, stands for, and be ready, stands for obedience. You know, obedience to the word of God. And that hurts. That's ouch. I said ouch because when pastor told me, I said, yes, sir. Knowing and trusting, fully assured that he will going to come through. Not me, but he will come through. Obedience. Obedience is a compliance with a command. It is a performance of what is required. Okay. It is to comply with commands. I got to put it in here because the colors print dark. So now I can read. Even though I have 10 pages, but don't be scared. We'll get out on time. It's just that I have to do big letters, you know, my age. So it says to comply with the commands, the orders, or instructions to submit to the direction or the control of. So I was thinking, how do we show honor? How do we, you know, value that word of God? If it says that we have to obey the word. So I look at a few people. The first one, it says, Jesus. Jesus. Hmm, Jesus, wow. It says even Jesus had to learn obedience. It says in Hebrews 5, 8, though he were a son, yet he learned obedience. And if he had to learn obedience, ouch, I got to learn a lot more. So he says he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. I look at the Amplify, it says although he was a son who had never never disobeyed, uh, been disobedient to the Father. He learned active, special obedience through the things which he suffered. So if Jesus had to do that, I have to do it too, you know? I've got to learn obedience to the world. When he says, you know, when I'm reading and he says, I don't know, simple things, you know, bring the tithing to the storehouse, and I'm like, oh, but this week my budget is tight. You got to obey the word. You gotta do what the word says, because the blessings are in the boundaries, the blessings are in the word in doing. God will do the rest. He will chop off a bill somewhere, he will do something. Okay? Then I look at this one. It says in Isaiah 119: If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. We all wanna eat the good of the land. But it says, if you be willing and obedient. And I like the willing and obedient combined. Because many times, we're very obedient to do. But are we willing? Like when I tell Amelia, Amelia, could you please pick that up? Oh, she might just grab it and pick it up. Did she pick it up? Absolutely. But was she willing? And that's when we lose the blessing. When we're not Willing, but if you're willing and obedient, the word will, the, the word obedient in here, which I thought it was interesting, it means to hear intelligently with implication of attention. It is when we hear his word, we don't just, I didn't just hear the word, I've got to be listened attentively to do what the word requires of me. When God speaks to me, when I am, whatever I'm doing, praying, washing the dishes, uh, running the kids to work, God speaks to me his word. God is going to speak to me his word. And if you just hear a, something, test it with the word. Because if it's not the word, it's somebody else speaking and you want to hang up that phone call. So make sure that when God speaks to you, you said yes, Lord. Yes to your way. Yes to your wills. Okay? So we have to be willing to listen attentively. Not just, oh, I heard that. No, I want to listen. I want to pay attention. I want to do what is required of me. Then I look in First Samuel fifteen twenty-two. He says, and Samuel said, has the Lord has great delight. And this is the one that most of the time we hear. In burnt offerings and sacrifices and in, as in obeying. Sometimes, you know, uh, I want to do things the way I want to do. It's like Saul. He wanted to do what, you know, Samuel had told him to kill everything, but he did it his way. He still kept some alive. No, we have to be in here, like it says, we have to be willing to delight in verse as in obeying. It has total obedience and submission to what God says. Now, I only brought in there like, Old Testament things, but I want to bring you one that really hit home, okay, and it was in the book of Acts, okay, and this is when Paul had the encounter on the way to Damascus, on the road to Damascus, and, you know, he got kicked out of the horse, that probably would have been me because I didn't know who was talking, and, you know, I just got kicked out of the horse to get attention from me, so he got kicked out of the, the horse, and they told, you know, the story goes on, and he says that the, uh, you, I'm sure you've read it before. I just want to concentrate in the second part. He was kicked out of the horse. Everybody took him. He went to a place. He was there. He was blind. Okay? So, you know, the things that can happen when we don't listen. So, it says in in verse 10, And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. This continues the story. After he was kicked out of the horse, he lost his vision. He's in a play, place. We know later he was praying, he was fasting, but he was there. But then he says in here, and there was a certain disciple at the Marcus named name Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, behold, I am here, Lord, quickly. He, when God asks, he talks to you, quickly respond. And the Lord said unto him, arise, and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he's praying, okay? Now it says, and has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive the sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, Lord, maybe you haven't been around long enough. Maybe you are in another location. Maybe you're visiting Egypt. Maybe you are in Jerusalem. I don't know where you are, but Lord. I have heard by many of this man how much evil he has done to thy saints at Jerusalem. Like if God didn't know. You know, he said, let me inform you. You know, this man is horrible. He's killing everybody around. So why are you going to send me? Then he said, and here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. That means I could be one of those that he could take. But the Lord said unto him, go, go thy way. For he is a chosen vessel unto me and to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Verse 17. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house. And putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord even Jesus that appeared unto the way, as thou comest has sent me, that thou mayest receive the sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And he says immediately. Do you know... When you ponder in here, okay, Paul was there. He had a vision. He had a name, Ananias, in the vision. It wasn't that he saw somebody come lay hands. It says that he has somebody, Ananias. How did God trust Ananias so much that he knew that Ananias, Ananias, he will be here? I don't even have to talk to Ananias first. I don't have to ask him if he has a party that day or if he has to go to work that day or if he's got a doctor's appointment that day. I know Ananias. I know the obedience in Ananias that even before I talked to Ananias, I knew I could say, so Ananias is coming. Hmm. So I'm going to leave it in there between you and God. So how can God trust you? Can God really trust you? that you're going to obey, obey the first time. He didn't have to tell Ananias 10 times. But but man, come on, you can reschedule your appointment. Or, you know, uh, I just promised you I'm going to give you 10 cows tomorrow when you're going, somebody's going to bring 10 cows to you. And Ananias has to stand in faith and obey God. But God already knew he was going to do it. Isn't that awesome? I hope God thinks the same, but I know I messed up a little bit. Okay, the next word for word or the next letter is the R. The R is for revelation, you know. If we are going to value, show value for the word of God, we want revelation. Because I can have all the, all the knowledge I want in my head, but it's only the revelation of the word of God that comes from prayer, from prayer, from studying. That's the only thing that is going to stay here. Because if I hear something and it's not a revelation to me, I can walk out that door and somebody say, who who told you God heals? Oh, my gosh. And I can say, wow, maybe that's true. Where was I at? What was I thinking? Let me go back to the doctor and take my pills. You know? But if I had the revelation in my heart. That God spoke to me. Oh, my God. She's were by his stripes I, I, me, was, was made whole. I don't have to worry about anything else because I know that I know. And you can't steal it from me. Nobody can come and take it from you because it's a revelation in you. So if we're going to show value for the word of God, we got to seek that revelation. And I'm not talking about being flaky. Okay, revelations of ooh, something. I'm talking about the word of God, revelation. staying in the word. Let the word become real. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. That's a revelation to me, and it should be to every believer. Because then nobody can tell you you're not a son of God. No, I am. And I know that I am. Why? I just know it. There's a knowing that I am. Okay? So... Revelation is the act of disclosing or discovering. God wants us to have revelation of his word, not just read it, but let his spirit reveal it to us. What is revealed by the spirit will never be stolen. Okay, in Ephesians, one, well, in Ephesians, you have the prayers that we're supposed to be doing, that they are great. I sometimes don't, so don't judge too harsh. But in Ephesians 1 15 through 21, he says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And then he goes here, he says, That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and Revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of our understanding may be enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Okay, I look at that word revelation in the Greek. It means disclosure, the manifestation, be revealed. I'm going to look at the verse. Let me see which one in the Amplify. I like that. The verse is up. <laughs> he says, For I always pray too to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and, listen to Amplify, revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. Oh Lord, if I can just get there. You know, I've heard amazing testimonies when people. Read this scripture for some Pastor challenge just one year. I can't remember how many days he says, and then read that word and see how that word is going to come alive, the revelation in that word, okay? Revelation can only come from studying his word, spending time with him, with his word, and the Holy Spirit. Then in Ephesians 3, 1 through 3, it says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of, of the grace of God, which is given me to you, then listen how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. This is Paul. Paul said, he through revelation may known to me there are many things that Paul says I was taken to the third heaven and but it was because he was in that presence of God and he wanted the revelation of the word he spent time in the word you know I look back and I can only tell you that I'm standing here today it's because of the word I don't have a testimony of I you know I fell down of an airplane and somebody catched me and I broke so many ribs I don't have that but gosh You know, since I came to the States with my girls, I went to Bible college. After that, I relocated. I got married. I had kids. But it's only because of the word of God. There's nothing, nothing that you could ever do to stop that word from working. I look at people. I look at, I said, man, I'm a single mom, and I am so blessed. I have home. My kids have never lacked for anything. But it's because that word has become a revelation to me. My kids used to go to, to Haiti in, in mission trips. My kids used to do, go to summer camp. I they had to pay a penny. But it was because the revelation of his word and how I apply that word. And then God in return, he takes care of the rest. You know, seek first his kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. it's that revelation of the word. It's like that desire, that consuming desire for his word to be in his presence and he will speak to you. He will reveal to you, okay? Okay, the D, and I think we're going to finish early. I said that last time and I didn't, but I promise today we will. The D is for discipline. The D's of I think is uh, discipline, desire, delight, something like that. Discipline says it comes from disciples, disciples, disciples. The Latin word for pupil, which also provides the source of the word dis- disciple. Then it says in here, given that several meanings of disciple deal with study, governing one's behavior and instruction. One might assume that the word's first meaning in English had to do with education. That's from Webster. So what is my discipline? And I think, you know, if I'm going to really value the word of God, I've got to have discipline. Because I can expect to read the word one day, five days, open it day then on Sunday, then I forget. And, oh, Wednesday, where's my Bible? Whoop, let me get my Bible. I got to take it with me. I forgot today is Wednesday, you know? If we do that, we're never going to reap. We're never going to reap a harvest if we don't do that because we're not watering that word. We get word on Sunday. Then we have to water it with prayer, with studying the word. So I have in here for discipline three things. We have to read, we have to pray, and we have to study. In 2 Timothy 2:15 I said, "Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I like the amplify. He says, "Study and be eager, and do your utmost. Present yourself to God approved, tested by trial, because the enemy is going to come to test that word. It, it, the enemy, even when you walk out of here today, it was something. One word you got today. When you walk out there, the enemy is waiting at the door to. Oh, that's not true. Come on, you know better than that." You know how your kids are. You know, that one that is on drugs. My gosh, you know, it's going to take a lot. Okay? But he says, then he says, uh, correctly tested by trial, a workman who has not cause to be ashamed. Correctly analyzing and accurately dividing rightly I told you the, the green on my paper was bad. Rightly handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. We have to learn. We have to be skillful. Like Pastor was saying, I think it was, was it Sunday? I don't know if it's Sunday or Wednesday. When they call on the Old Testament, they always call the skillful craftsmen. They call the skillful. The, the women that mourn the skillful. They always call people that are skillful. Why can't we not be skillful in the Word of God? We're in America, everybody got a Bible. Everybody got a phone with the Bible? Everybody. And if you don't, shame on you. They're a dollar at the dollar store. So there's no, sh- no, no way why somebody will not have a word and study and dig. Free in the Internet, the resources. I copy and paste today in the Internet, so I would have to type everything. So there's no excuse why we can't take the word of God and rightly divide it and study. Then my fi- favorite, and with this one, will be my last one. I'm going to go back to the W, okay? The W is for the word, okay? I remember the other day when the youth, the Sunday before, was giving their testimonies. I heard several times the word warriors. Young warriors, Justin was young warriors. We got warriors in here, warriors in here. And when I look at the letter W for word, First of all, it takes me back to the armor of God. Okay, I'm gonna use just two verses: verses 14 and verse 17. Okay, the verse 14, uh, 14 says, "Stand, therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness." And then the verse 17 says, "And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit." which is the word of God. I picked those two verses because they both refer to the word. I mean, all is in the armor, the whole, you know, the breastplate, the righteousness, uh, the helmet is, you know. But the verse 14, it says, to talks about our loins, the part of reproduction, part cover with the word, because it says truth. His word is truth. Then the other place he mentioned is in that sword. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, the word uh, word has, there's two. There's the logos. Logos is the written word. Everything in here is fair game. I can go in and take it and use it, any scripture, any promise, any blessing from God, I can take it from here. That's my logo, my written word. When I'm in a rush, I can go dig up my scripture, find something. Got it. Stand. After you've done it all, you stand. Okay? The other one is the word rhema. Okay? So one is logos, one is rhema. Now, for the word logos, we have in John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Every time he mentions the word in here, he's talking about that logos right here. The word in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. Okay, the other word is the Rema, it's that word that man, I'm praying, I'm devastated. All of a sudden, oh. The Scripture came, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. That's my Rema. That's a spoken word when I needed it, for what I needed it, at the moment I needed it. And sometimes I'm reading my word, and the scripture just jump. I've never seen that. That's your Rema. So the, lo- the Rema, it says, Look, in if it, and uh, not look, but that's the one that is in Ephesians 6:17, when it says, and take the helmet of salvation. He says, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word, the rhema word of God, is that battle. When you're in the middle of the battle and you're like, God, I'm just having a hard time. That's what your rhema is for, because that's the specific word. For the battle that you're in. Lord, I don't know if I need to move, not move. I'm just stuck. I don't know. God speaks to you, gives you his word. That's your rhema for that situation. If it's for my children, God's going to give you the rhema for that situation. That's that rhema word that becomes alive. That then if you use it, nobody can take it from you. Your battle is won. And that word rem, I mean the sword in there. When you look in uh, the Roman soldiers, it says that the sword that they use, that they are referring in that specific uh, passage, it says it's a small stabbing sword of a Roman soldier. It will only take about two inches of that sword to go in, and it will take care of the job. So, are you going to use your rhema? Hi, hey, only two inches into the enemy, and it's a defeated foe, and we are back in victory. I mean, I was always in victory, fighting from victory. But I have the victory for the battle that I am in right now. Okay? It says in here, sorry, it says, going back, I already did, one word from God, one Remah has the ability to kill the adversary. So I'm going to do a few examples in here. Okay, who has used the rema just off the top? I mean, there's tons of scriptures. By no means. This is just to give you a little salty, so you go and dig the scriptures by yourself. Okay, it says, when Jesus was tempted by Satan in the wilderness, Matthew 4, 4, it says, but he answered and said, it is written, yeah. man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That word in there is the rhema. Jesus didn't need to quote uh, in there uh, Isaiah, but his stripes were healed. He used the right sword for that moment. The devil didn't answer back. He didn't say, oh, but, no, because he gave him the rhema for that moment, okay? Then, yes, we need, to, to, we need the written word. The logos is our foundation, the word of God. We need to study this word. But the ram is kind of like, I don't know, it's like this, the, ice, the, uh, the icing on the cake. You know, for when I specifically need it, that's the way. It says in here, uh, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, he quickens a scripture, a verse, or a scripture. Now, look at this one in Mary in Luke 1.38. Okay? This one goes with our obedience to. But it says in here, Mary said, behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word, to your spoken word. That's, again, the rhema. She responded and said, that's the rhema, what he's given me. So, yes, that word you gave me, I take it. I receive it right then and there. And the angel departed from her. her. Uh, I remember I went to Lester Somers Bible College, and I remember that he used to say in the last days. I know a lot of you probably say Lester, who, you know. But uh he was a, a great man of God anyway. I went to his Bible college. And he used to say that in the last days, in the last days where we are, he used to say that we had to be so in tune to the Holy Spirit, to when he speaks to us, when he gives us something, because it will be to the point that it will be between life and death. So you know. Learn his word, because the Holy Spirit, he said he will do what? He will bring all things to your remembrance, meaning he will bring this word to your remembrance. But if you have not stored it, if you have not placed it in, you don't have anything. What is the Holy Spirit going to bring back to your remembrance? There's nothing that he can bring back to your remembrance. And whoops! I hope you're getting something out of this. And um, John fourteen twenty six, 26, it says, But the comforter, oh, I already read that one. The Holy Ghost whom the Father will send in my day, he will teach you all things and bring back to your remembrance the things which you have, what I have said unto you. Now, this is my question. Will you be able to identify that it is the Holy Spirit speaking to you, speaking his word? So today I want to encourage you on the power of the Word of God. Excuse me, the power on the Word of God, either the Logos or the Rhema. Seek him for the Rhema, but use the Logos anytime you need it.
0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes.